Well, hello, everyone. How are you today? Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys back with another episode that I call Conscious Commentary. Well, we're right now looking in the rearview mirror, as I like to say, of uh, another Thanksgiving gone by and heading very swiftly into the holiday season in full. That is for some of us, at least uh, here in this part of the world. I hope if you are celebrating that you are having a a beautiful uh, time, uh, again, a time to embrace friends and family and at times some, some people that we don't know make some new friends. So I hope you are relishing in this beautiful time of year as I am. Well, today I want to talk about dreams. Moreover, I want to talk about living the dream. As I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to spend time talking to you about today, I usually take a few days to kind of contemplate what what you might get something out of and something that that is... uh, near to me in some form or fashion. And this little uh, story that I'm about to tell, as you know, I usually add a little anecdote or two to my conscious commentary. This came to me, this is an incident, a little dialogue I had with someone that I I once knew uh, quite a few years ago, back when I was in the business world as a uh, as an entrepreneur, small business owner in the in the more of the corporate landscape. Uh, So I'm gonna get right into it. Here's the story. We were at this very uh, sort of she-she black tie affair annual uh, awards dinner that my husband and I would attend every year uh, with colleagues and and uh, customers and uh, various heads of uh, fortune companies. Very, very high end affair, you know. Your typical. <laughs> I don't know if any anything like that is typical per se, but a very uh, uh, traditional black tie affair. The champagne is flowing, you know, five, six course meal, uh, fabulous entertainment, everyone dressed in their finest. And I walked up to a colleague, a gentleman who will go unnamed, um, very, very nice man, young man, who worked at the time for a a very well-known fortune company in a relatively high position. I think he was somewhat new to this whole world of executive life, if you will, and, and, uh, you know, sort of globe trotting around and, and doing some things that many would consider privilege. And I walked up to the person and I said, we'll call him John. I said, John, how you doing? And he had a glass of champagne in his hand and he lifted it. He had his, of course, his tuxedo on and he said, live in the dream. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Live in the dream, he said. I looked at him. And I have to admit, even then, I was a little bit of a rebellion, even though I was right smack in the middle of this world of corporate she-she living, if you will. And I looked at him and I said, living the dream? Whose dream are you living? (laughs) And he looked at me and he laughed. He just said, oh, I'm living the dream. And I looked at him again and I said, really? Whose dream are you living? I recall he never answered that question. In fact, I ran into him again at, at yet another event somewhere else in the country, um, another awards dinner, and it was almost like a deja vu. I walked up to him again. I said, how you doing, John? Living the dream. And I said the same thing. Whose dream are you living? Well, that that little incident uh, stayed with me. It wasn't an incident. It's just a, a little back and forth. 
And of course, I I never got into uh, any kind of a preach mode with him because it wasn't appropriate. He felt he was living the dream, you know, raising his glass of champagne and his tuxedo at a very high end black tie affair that he would frequent. And uh, for him, he achieved the dream. Well, that's great. Good for him. But as I was thinking about what we'd be talking about today, and that for some reason, that story just kind of popped into my head. I said, you know, this is what I want to talk about. I'd like to spend a few moments with you all to talk about the pressures that we have, many of us, not all, to achieve a certain uh, status, particularly in our modern Western world. I think to some extent it's everywhere, but certainly more more prevalent here, uh, particularly in the States. I call it the template dream. The car, the house, the family, the dog. It depends on, you know, your perspective. And I I suppose it's all relative. We, We know full well that our lovely mainstream media does a heck of a job at reinforcing the importance of achieving your dream, as long as that dream fits the template that they believe is uh, uh, the proper one, that being um, success through job and, of course, money and other, you know, uh, trinkets that denote uh, success and a dream achieved. Uh, this is not an original discussion. As a matter of fact, if you if you look up uh, living someone else's dream, I think is what I googled, You'll get all sorts of commentary on the wrongs of that and how many people do that. So what I'm talking about certainly isn't new and it's not original, but it's something that I think bears repeating by as many people that can talk about it and remind each other and ourselves when we are looking to fulfill our dream, how unique and authentic and individualized is that dream? What is your dream job, your dream life, your dream mate. We always hear these these terms sort of coupled with the word dream, dream job, dream home, dream kitchen, dream partner, dream vacation. And isn't it interesting that if you were to ask yourself that question, honestly, the answers that you give more times than not, will fit with a narrative that you have been told through primarily our medias and then filtered through our our associates, friends, family, until what I, as I have said, or just said, a template is created. And before you know it, you're adopting somebody else's dream. I think we all have to... uh, on occasion, take a look at that and say, okay, what what are my dreams? I'm a dreamer. I'll tell you right now. I love, I'm a daydreamer and a night dreamer, <laughs> but I'm, I'm great at daydreaming. And I happen to think it's a wonderful thing to do. But I also think that as you are dreaming of things, check yourself and find out where those dreams may be originating from. Again, I go back to John, living the dream. When I said to him, who's, or asked him, whose dream are you living? He could never answer the question because I think he knew at the core where I was going with that. But at the, at the time, he thought he was living it, even if it was somebody else's dream. I found this article um, that I'll link uh, uh, along with this interview in the post that, as you know, goes with the, the companion post that goes with my little segment, Conscious Commentary. This was in 2012. It was a Huffington Post article um, that, uh, 
cited a study that was done recently at the time, 2012, by the San Francisco Federal Reserve, um, who was doing sort of a comparative study of people that live in wealthy neighborhoods, but live beneath or, or living above their means. In other words, people living in wealthy neighborhoods, but couldn't necessarily afford it. And it says basically, people uh, who earn less money than their neighbors are more likely to commit suicide than their counterparts earning the same income in a less wealthy neighborhood. In other words, pressure is on when you're living in a neighborhood where people are uh, in more executive positions and driving nicer cars and bigger homes um, uh, to conform to that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Translation, keeping up with the Joneses, and if you don't, there are people that feel such pressure that they want to end their lives, and many have been successful at doing so. This is why I think I really wanted to talk about this. It was nothing specific that prompted it. It just kind of popped into my mind. You know, as I watch television on occasion, and I say on occasion because I really do not watch <laughs> mainstream television too much. It's typically a news broadcast. As, as a journalist, I certainly want to know what they're what they're discussing in those circles. But I'll watch these these commercials, this endless stream of image feeding to the public, and clearly uh, misaligned ideals having to do with you heard it materialism and consumerism and and. I wonder, because I'm certainly not sitting in a room with a whole bunch of people taking a poll, asking how they feel about these commercials that are clearly pushing materialism as an agenda. But I have to imagine that people are still taking those uh, images and those messages in, even if on a subliminal level. And when forming their own dreams, they are conforming to what they've heard, whether they consciously realize it or not to the point where if they fall short of that template dream, they may consider doing harm to themselves. That's why this is important. So I want to talk about a couple of examples of uh, living our dream and distinguishing between whether it's a, it, it's uh, the dream of somebody else or a group or a consensus dream or a dream that's individualized. You know, going back to when my husband and I had our own company, which was doing quite well at the time. And uh, so well, in fact, that we ran an internship program in association with a local university. And I ran that program uh, for the company as VP of marketing at the time. And uh, I remember as I would sit and interview the interns uh, uh, as candidates to come and work for the company for a period of time, usually a semester or so, I the first thing out of my mouth would be, so what is it that you love to do? You know, these would be, oh, probably sophomores in some cases, juniors. We even had a few seniors that came in. So they were clearly starting to uh, craft their destination as to what they would do once they graduated. So I would say, what I would not ask them, what is it that, you, what are you planning on pursuing as a career? That was not my question. My question would distinctly be, what is it that you love to do? They would look at me kind of perplexed and pause for a minute and say, well, you know, I was told I could make a lot of money at it. And I would stop them, stop them and say, whoa, that is not the question I asked. I asked you, what is it that you love to do? And of course, where I was going was do what you love, 
not what you know, because if you do what you love, the know-how will come. In other words, pursue your passion, your specific passion, not a passion that was foisted on you. But I found it to be quite interesting because these kids, these young adults really could not answer that question. There were a few few of them that I really pushed, and I, I let them know why I was asking that question as opposed to what career are you pursuing? Because my philosophy has always been and remains, do what you love. Yes, for work. I don't even like that job, work, because if it's what you love, it wouldn't be work. You'll put a lot of sweat equity into it, right? Because it's something that you are naturally aligned to. But these young students could not answer it. And it was very disturbing to me that they or or their translation of what I was asking was I was told that I could make a lot of money doing this, which has absolutely nothing to do with the question. So it just goes to show you how pervasive this messaging wherever it's coming from is to live someone else's dream. I was uh, somewhat guilty of that myself when I was younger. You know, I, I don't know if you know, but I grew up sort of in an entertainment background. I have family that are uh, well known in the entertainment field, uh, particularly in the music industry. And myself spent uh, a better part of 30 years in, in, in media in mainstream media. So I've been around that whole scene for a long time, a, a scene that is definitely rooted in pretense <laughs> and materialism, and living the dream. I started out as a teen model at about 16 years old, went down that route, you know, going through the magazines and and looking at the glamorous, beautiful women and wanting to be just like that. And so I did. I modeled for a while. I actually lived in Hollywood for a spell and uh, did a little bit of a bit acting. And luckily, I hightailed it out of there once I realized this is not something that I really want. That's another story for another time. But but again, it in looking at this issue of living someone else's dream, how can I do that without looking at myself and, and what I too was subject to in this, this process of molding oneself after uh, a standard or an ideal? Um, again, fortunately, I realized, and really, I think the epiphany happened when I was about 21 years old, it was after school, after college, and I went out to Hollywood thinking I was going to make it big, a very common ideal for many, and some make it, whatever that means. But I had a wake up call, even then. I don't know that I knew the totality of what that meant at the time, but I knew I had to get out of there and quickly. Because I realized even then at about 21, that I was attempting to live someone else's dream, not my own. I remember one day sitting in my little apartment in West Hollywood saying, Alexis, why are you doing this? Is it that you love the craft of acting so much? Or do you want to be famous for being famous for being famous? And the answer was, in all honesty, the latter And next thing I knew, I was calling up my parents saying, can you get me a plane ticket out of here, please? I'm coming home. (laughs) And that was a serious thing uh, for me. That was kind of a transition point. Well, subsequently, I came home and uh, got myself a job. I was very fortunate in that uh, because of uh, my knowing so many people, I suppose, and having some experience uh, in 
with journalism and writing, et cetera, that I was able to land a job in uh, a fairly short period of time uh, at a well-known sports broadcasting network, and the rest is history. But again, I too was caught up in the image of what that dream was to look like. And I pursued that uh, thinking that if I were to be successful in that, I would have fulfilled the dream, living the dream. But whose dream would I have been living? I can tell you right now I'm living the dream, but it's mine. Oh, I love what I do so much. I am so blessed. And I'm so blessed that I made the decision of crafting the dream, handcrafting as we say these days, myself, not based on what somebody told me I should be to be successful. It's an interesting thing. I always will go back to John. I wonder if he still thinks he's living the dream or is the dream really a nightmare disguised as a dream? Ah, I don't know. Well, I'm going to wind it up. I just wanted to leave you with that. Think about that. We should be dreaming. That's the first step in a creative process. The only thing I'm asking you to think about is whose dream is it? If it's yours, go for it. If you suspect it could be coming from somewhere else, erase that. Start all over again. Let me end with a quote by Howard Thurman, who says, quote, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. That's by Howard Thurman. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that quote and turn it around a little bit. So here's my version. Don't ask yourself what the world wants you to be. Ask yourself what makes you happy and go do that. But first examine whether that happiness is predicated on what you've been told you should be or what makes you sing. Because when that happens, you know you've struck the right chord, right? I'm going to leave it there. Are you living the dream? I bet you are. (laughs) I bet you're going to go pursue it after this one. Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope that you get some small measure of encouragement or inspiration from listening to these little short segments I call Conscious Commentary. I know I enjoy delivering them to you. So with that, I'm going to leave you for now. We're going to check you out on the Higher Journeys radio channel. We've got some great interviews coming up. And to keep up to speed with who we will be featuring on the show, please go to HigherJourneys.com. And of course, our YouTube channel and Facebook page as well. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.